Welcome back to the Everyday Hair Colorist. Today's guest is Lacey Hunter Felton, who is the co-founder of Hunter Collective, which is a co-working space for the hair and beauty industry. Welcome. Hello, Jack. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to always see you. Now, for those people that don't know about the Hunter Collective, of course, it is this amazing, I sort of gush about it whenever I talk about it, it's this amazing sort of New York space in the middle of London where I found it because I was looking for a venue that I felt represented my brand that could hold 20 people really comfortably. I mean, not like squashed into a little academy somewhere. I mean, it felt like a proper space for it. Um, and I fell upon it and I was just like, oh my God, this is perfect. And so you and I have been working together for probably three years now. Yeah, I would imagine so, right from day one, really, I guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was day one, pretty much near there anywhere. <laughs> but um, first of all, I wanted to talk to you about Hunter Collective and what it is and how it came about. Sure. Um, so Hunter Collective for me was um, very much built out of necessity. I'd been on the shop floor in salons for 15 years. I'd absolutely loved my hairdressing life, but I knew that there was an evolution. I knew there was a next step and it wasn't really presenting itself to me. So what I did was I went out and I looked around at what others were doing across different industries. And I realized that actually there was a culture evolving around us of co-working and independence and more flexibility and freedom in our lifestyles. And so I grasped that and I just thought, I need to bring this to the hair industry. I need to create this space. And um, Hunter Collective was was born. That's interesting to me because I hadn't known until recently that you were a hairdresser. I always thought you were this go-get businesswoman, but you have a hairdressing career too, don't you? So it's like, can we talk a little bit about that? And because I think that brings another dynamic to opening a, a business that isn't based around a hair salon. So I think, like, to be really, really clear, that the whole purpose of Hunter Collective is about our community. Right. Um, it's about our members, about our brands, the, the people that use the space that are Hunter Collective. And so I've, um, I've purposefully not uh, built um, or launched Hunter Collective off the back of my career. Um, some people might feel that that was the wrong thing to do. Some people might feel that that maybe was the long way around. But actually, you know, now that we're into our third year, um, I'm incredibly proud of the fact that people don't necessarily know who I am, but are very aware of Hunter Collective, very aware of what we're doing and how we're um, creating this movement within the hair industry. And it's all because of those incredible people that have joined us. So... um, so yeah, um, it was purposeful. But if you do want to drill down into who I am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a hairdresser from Essex um, and who moved to London um, five years into her career and spent 10 years in the West End at a really beautiful premium salon learning everything about customer service and products and education and, you know, the real top end of the industry. Right. Um, and I, I walked away from it. And I built a whole new concept in Hunter Collective. It's interesting, isn't it? Because most people would launch their next stage off the back of what they'd already done, which seems like the natural progression. But you decided mm-hmm. not to do that because somehow that is wrapped up in the, the sort of fundamentals of what Hunter Collective is. I, I really, I, re- I do genuinely understand why um, new salons or 
uh, new businesses launch off of their previous experience. And most most hairdressers will start their bio with, I have this many years in the industry and I've worked here and whatever. But for me personally, as I said, Hunter Collective was not about me and it, it will never be about me. And also because I've got quite an ambitious roadmap of where I'm going to take Hunter Collective, it can't be about one person. Um, it's about a community that one day will be a global community. So I'm, I knew acutely from the beginning that, firstly, I never really had that sort of ego. And secondly, um, we're not a salon. No. So everything that salons do, are not they don't apply to us. We're, we, we've never done anything that a salon has done because we're a co-working space for the individuals and the collective community. We're not, we're not a salon. No, it's not a salon, is it? I've not really... I suppose I haven't thought about it like that because I use it as an education space. But of course, mm. it has many different facets, doesn't it? Mm. And those those facets have evolved organically, which has been really wonderful. So I built Hunter Collective for um, individuals like myself um, who uh, needed a workspace to you know deliver a beautiful premium service for their clientele, have the flexibility to use it on an hourly basis whenever they needed it. Um, and had a lifestyle balance. That was that the Hunter Collective lifestyle is is really what we're trying to achieve, um, where you have freedom and choice to create other things outside of of your hair of your career, um, but you can also grow your career there too, which is what we're seeing, and it's it's phenomenal. Um, but yes, it's um, yeah, it's a co working space, Jack, and it's 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 really important that that's there because bringing in the elements of education and brands and the different partnerships that we have working with people like you you know how you know my whole hairdressing career I've never met so many hairdressers right I mean this I've never been educated by so many different brands the thing the thing about the industry is it's changed so much hasn't it it's Mm. it's rapidly changed uh part of it is probably social media where people have been able to promote themselves without having to wait for the boss necessarily to promote them um or ready for that I think it's Mary behind the chair said that the system used to be used to wait for somebody to tap on your shoulder, then you moved up the next level, then you got tapped on the shoulder until you got there. And and it's a different process now, isn't it? Did you feel that, I know you think my questions are tricky sometimes, did you feel before you opened Hunter Collective that you didn't have that balance and that you saw also these opportunities for other hairdressers that didn't have the balance in their life? I think that what I saw was... um what had been generationally within the salon and I didn't know any different. I think that, you know, the salon concept as we see it today or what we've seen maybe not so much in the last couple of years, but to where I was five years ago, um, was the same as what it had been since the 50s and 60s. So, you know, you, you, I, I was really comfortable with that. There was a hierarchy, there was a plan, there was a hit this commission level, hit this um, target level, move up a chain, you know, like whatever. Um, if you if you get too big, then you go open your own salon. Like, that was it. Um, and I, I was really comfortable with that. But it was actually only when I got to that top level and sustained it that actually I started to look around me and I just saw actually where are the women like me? Um, and it was mostly male-dominated. And yes. I realised that actually they were all off having families and they didn't have that lifestyle balance that I thought we had. But I think it's also because my whole career path had been to be fully booked, to educate, to deliver incredible service and to be the best hairdresser in London. That was that was my whole career goal. That was what I wanted. 
And I, I think humbly that I, I achieved that in my own way. I was really proud of what I'd achieved, but what I was lacking was that next step. And actually the salon model for me didn't have it. So when I looked around and I saw that actually, if I wanted to have family or if I wanted to do other things, incorporate them into my salon life, there actually wasn't the space to do that at the level of being as busy as I was. And so I had to really take a step back and say, what's important to me? Right. And of course, my clients and being busy and my livelihood is important to me, but so are a lot of other things. And so I had to create a balance and a space to incorporate all of them and to be actually more successful and happier and more prosperous. So that's what we did. It's amazing because it is true. We, I still think that for an industry that employs so many women we are still very male-dominated in there, and very straight male-dominated too in that. And so those sort of male heterosexual norms have sort of carried on through with it. So it's difficult for women who have children to come back to work. It's, it's not easy with childcare and all of those things. And then suddenly it's like, well, now you're part-time. And it's, it's a tough one, I think, for women in our industry. I think it's, um, I think it's horrendous for women in our industry. Um, and I think it's always been there. I think it's just part of it. And I think that when you, um, yeah, you look at it, uh, it's really quite obvious. But what's so incredible about our industry is that you can work part time, you can have all of these choices, but it was actually the framework and the vision of those that within the industry that if you weren't 100% committed, or if you weren't... yes a thousand times you know like I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm doing more I'm doing more you weren't maybe viewed as passionate enough or creative enough or you had other things outside of hair um and actually you can be passionate and creative and ambitious but you can also want to have a dog to have yeah. a child yeah. To, yeah. to go to the gym you know yes. you can you can have those aspirations you can have a more rounded lifestyle and and I think that you know for 15 years my only sole ambition was to be fully booked and to be cutting hair and I I get it but actually there's a lot more to life than that well there is indeed if nothing else we've certainly learned that in our lockdown haven't we 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 really have yeah and I think you know what the lockdown has really highlighted that the industry in itself is so incredible because it's so motivated it's so um education was obviously flooding social media um and you know you were a highlight of that but it was um it was overwhelming and I think actually what it did show as well is that our our idols our inspirations the people that we look to our mentors they have other things going on and I think it's actually reassured people that they can have choice and they can have balance and it doesn't have to just be about hair Um, but it did highlight to me that we do like hair, <laughs> which is which has been like quite a yeah, it's quite well, an eye thank, opener. Thankfully, we all do still like hair. Otherwise, what yeah. a mess the industry would be in. Hey, <laughs> I, I thought it was really interesting in lockdown to see what other people were doing, and I thought that it, it was really quite nice what you did with asking people that you know associated with your brand to showcase other things be, besides hair. Uh, you know, and like their workout routines. And it was nice to see a, a more of a complete picture of people. Yeah, I think you'll see if anyone's interested in going back over the Instagram of Hunter Collective through the pandemic lockdown that we didn't focus on hair. Yeah. Um, 
there's there our membership our community have so much you know other inspiring things to offer so even you know down to what juices they were having how they changed their diet what they were doing like you know with their animals and pets and things and and uh I was really proud and so humbled that people let us in and and we're happy to share day by like you know a, a whole array of images of their entire day and at one point you know for some we we had to edit them we were like wow this is this is phenomenal but too much and for others we had to kind of like pry a little bit and say oh please share a little bit more um and it's been amazing i think you said to me uh, stop with the doll heads jack yeah <laughs> i think i said to you and a couple of others like i really appreciate you want to put out there that you're an educator or that you're a you know a hairdresser in some way but i'm not looking for that nope. i'm looking for you and you know, I want to see what we know as in each other because we have that relationship. But I think the broader community would like to know that when you're not doing hair, what what else you're doing. And I think that really reflected really strongly with Hunter Collective because, again, part of being, you know, the Hunter Collective is that we love hair, we have respect for hair, but we also love lots and lots of other things. Yes. So talk to me about how it works at Hunter Collective. So say somebody wanted to come and work with you. How do, how do you go about making sure that you've got the right fit? Because it, people can come and go, can't they, a little bit. There's, they're, they're a la- it's a work, co-working space. So if you think of something like Soho House, you could go and have a meeting or, you know, but you could do hair and all those things. How does it, how does it look? So as a, as a visual, if you walk in, it's a 2,000 square foot warehouse space in Farringdon, which is in central London. It's full of natural light and plants and beautiful things. I can but, attest to that. The, the natural light thanks. is like, yeah. wow. Windows on three sides. Yeah, we're really lucky. Yeah. Um, but we're also, um, people are really shocked when they walk in because um, everything is incredibly stripped back. Um, it's very, there's lots of wood, lots of light, lots of mirror, but, but there's no kind of um, knickknacks or bits and pieces anywhere and and there's also not there's no real branding and that's because um hunter collective is brand neutral and we are the blank sheet of paper for you to build and promote your brand within and i think that's really important and the wow factor comes from the fact that we are so transparent about that and that we want you to be yourself and we want you to to build and grow there um but from a membership side of things um Yes, there's a there's an induction process that happens with every member um, where they're either referred to us or they contact us. Um, we meet them, we get to know more about them, we understand their personality, what they're trying to get from Hunter Collective, what they can bring to the community, uh, how they're going to use us. And then once we kind of learn that bigger picture of them as an individual, um, they do um, a trial session and we see them working and they see us working um, and it's really important that that mutual respect is there of testing. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, and then, you know, if, if we're really excited by what they're doing and if they feel really comfortable with what we're doing, then they become a member and they use our space flexibly, which means that they're able to book the chairs by the hour on our online booking system. So I, you could come in and book three hours and do, you know, two clients or three clients or one client or you, you don't dictate the speed that somebody has to work at, how they look, the type of work they do. Are you, are you, do you look for any of that sort of stuff in the cohesiveness or is it the feeling and the connection? 
It's very much the atmosphere that one brings to the space. So we're looking for people to enhance our space, but we're very fortunate because the kind of brand that we're building, we're attracting the right people to us. So we're very lucky in that way, but we also have a very honest feedback. So, you know, the, the members who are working around you or like, you know, it's, it's very cohesive and honest. So I'm looking for, how do you speak to my front of house team? How much space do you take up while you're there? How, how much of it do you try and take ownership of when actually you're in a co-working space? These are all the things that we cognitively start looking at. Um, and also just, you know, are you ready? Is this the right space for you? And we, yeah. we genuinely are interested in people's business aspects and helping them grow. So this is all very important to us. Um, and although it sounds very detailed, because we've been doing it for three years now, we it's very quick. You can come and meet you know. us the next day, do a session, the next day join. Like, you know, we're we're very automated. You can, yeah, it's, we're ready to go for you. Come and join us. And I, I think especially now, post, post lockdown, there is something even more to be said for these co-working spaces where you're not in a super rushed, busy, cramped salon that which obviously normally the salons are because they've had to split up for the social distancing. But you've got this, like you say, 2,000 square foot space where people can come in and, and feel very safe in that too. We've really worked hard to always create uh, that level of care around our members so that everyone felt that whatever style they worked in, whatever clientele they had, whatever personality they had or background they had, uh, whatever their future plans were for it, evolving their brand, that they were welcome. We've yeah. always been a very much an open door. Um, we cover all hair types. Um, we, we love products. We, we, we welcome all brands to the space. So it's, um, it's a very open and we hope a, a safe space. But COVID really highlighted to us that we had already started to implement some of those working styles because Hunter Collective is built for the stylist. It's not built for the client. And that's one of our biggest um, USPs, I guess, is that we've always only targeted and and identified with the hairdresser and what's going to make their day incredible and what's going to make their day run smoothly. And we know uh, that if the hairdresser is having a beautiful, relaxed day, their client will have the best experience of their life. I found it the most amazing space to work in, to to educate in, because it's so light infused and that I could easily hold 20 people in that room without falling over anyone, with everyone feeling that there was space to chill out and all of those things. And I have seen your, your policy for when we go back. And so I'm still going to run courses out of there because I still feel that everyone's going to have that luxury and also the safety measures are really cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we worked incredibly hard um, during lockdown to to really analyse across again. We went back to our roots and we looked at different industries as to how they were putting in safety measures. Um, And then obviously we worked with, you know, brands that were happy to share what they were doing uh, internationally so we we had a lot of input which was fantastic I spent a lot of time on the phone to the London Covid Centre understanding things but I think it's we're very blessed with the space that we have and I think we've also worked collectively with our membership so we were asking them through lockdown what what makes you feel safe what will make your clients feel safe Mm. are you comfortable we've removed aspects of HC that are really important to us but 
are you prepared to lose them for a period of time because it will give us more space for this COVID, you know, response. Yeah. And um, and so luckily and, and thankfully, like our collective has pulled together and said, yes, we will let go some of those um, aspects of HC that we all love, but we want to work in an environment that creates that extra layer of care. So, um, yeah, so we've achieved really amazing things, but we've achieved them because our whole collective has been on board to, to do it together. To help and to support. Mm. And brands, the big brands love Hunter Collective too. They love the space as well, don't they? Because you can launch anything you want in there. Yeah, so we don't have any like brand association. So we work with everyone, which is absolutely phenomenal. And, and it was, again, something that I was told probably wouldn't work, but it's worked beautifully. And I love the brands that we work with because they they celebrate the space for what it is, which is a, a platform for them to launch products, educate um, um, and push their brand and and yeah this space does lend itself very well to that and I want to thank all of the brands because they've embraced us and and it's been really wonderful. It's really interesting that you said that some people said that it wouldn't work because there are always going to be naysayers in there but about five years ago I think I was part of this collective of colorists for a big brand and they wanted to know and it was it was a, a multi-brand, so they had different brands within their brands. They wanted to know what an education space would look like. And the majority of us said, non-branded, so that we can bring our own stuff in, that you can swap it around really quickly, but it's got everything that you want in it, so that you don't have to, if you're filming, you don't have to limit to what you can film. You can do the whole thing, and you've gone and created it. Oh, thanks, Jack. <laughs> but no, we've just created what we thought we... Um what we thought hairdressers would want. Yeah. And I think that that, that being our profile and, and that being our aim to create that safe space for hairdressers has just evolved into being a great space for education, has evolved into a great space for um, filming, photography, launches, products, everything that we, that we do. And obviously now with COVID, we're implementing our changes and we're really proud that we'll still be able to offer and deliver a really sort of like clever way of doing those things with those brands and be quite collaborative. So, um, yeah, we're, we're actually really, we're looking forward to the evolution of it, I think, and yes. moving forward. Yes. Well, we all have to move forward, don't we? And I think that there are lots of people that don't like change, but I think change, change is important and you either come with it or you come kicking and screaming with it, but things change. Yeah, they do change, don't they? And I think, um, you know, the change is so important and evolution is so important because it's growth. And I think that we can see there's so much change happening across the industry and it's it's exciting. And, and it, you know, yeah, there's a really classic line, isn't it? Change is good. Yeah, change is good, but nobody really likes it. <laughs> no, no. And I think, you know, but I think that, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think now post-COVID... Um, whether you like change or not. Um, and, I, and, you know, I've been frightened. I've been desperately frightened. Mm. Um, for Frightened for our members um, through the lockdown, frightened for our business, frightened for our future. You know, our plans um, that we've had in place, you know, when are they, when are they ever going to move? Um, it's, it's a genuinely scary time. But I think, yes, I think sometimes you have your days where, you can't move, you're stuck, you're paralysed, you're, like, you're just full of fear. And then other days you are feeling that energy and you feel that, feel that movement and you, you embrace it, you go for it and, 
only positive things have come out of it. And you're back in the game again. You have to be, yeah, you have yeah. to get back in that game. And that's that's personally where I'm trying every day to put myself into because it's we're only human. So. Yeah, I agree. The other thing that I really like about Hunter Collective is that it's very pro-women. You have women's breakfast, very supportive of women, which really takes me back to sort of the piece of the conversation where we talked about the fact that there was a certain point within the industry and that was it for a woman. But you do power breakfasts, all of this, and it's across the board for women in, in all sorts of industries, isn't it? Yeah, so, so basically we started um, doing our business breakfast uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and it was a friend of mine um, that I actually met at another gathering of, I don't know what you would call it, like ambitious girls. And so we uh, we hooked up together. We shared the same birthday. It was really funny. It was a meeting of minds. Um, uh, it's a person called Morella, and she um, works in fashion, and she's just phenomenal. And, and we were just having a conversation, and we just said, wouldn't it be awesome if we took... 10 of our favourite women who are our badass, inspiring mentors and put them around a table and got them to meet uh, because we'd felt that we had people in our lives that were really pushing us and cheerleading us and we also had people in our lives that we knew we wanted to inspire ourselves and really push forward. And, and so we did it. We basically put these 10 women around a table, gave them lots of croissants and coffee and got them talking. And three hours later, we knew that we had a we had something that had to keep going and it's two years later um we do them every month we have guest speakers we have topics and the community that we've built around business breakfast is phenomenal and um through covid we put it online um and it's it's growing and we feel um we feel that it's so important to to bring value and reinvest into our collective because they give us so much. So the fact that we can do a business breakfast or a hunter collective, if you're a member, then you'll know that we do um, workshops um, and bits and pieces to really help our members feel confident and take those steps to really grow their businesses internally. Um, and it's something that I think over time that we'll share more publicly but we've been testing and trialing things and our sole focus has been internally building our community and and testing these ideas. No, I think it's really cool. I think it's really lovely as well that groups supporting each other is fundamental to personal growth anyway because you bounce. The ideas that people bring to the table, you bounce. And there's always somebody that needs a little help up who can just be elevated by it and somebody else that can just give that. Well, I think, I think it's just so important to be um, around the right people. And I've said it a couple of times in the past where you, sadly, if you want to do things, you do have to say goodbye to certain people that just don't believe in what you're doing or don't share your vision. Yeah. And it's devastating and it's hard. But at the same time, what's worse is actually not doing what you have inside you, holding it in and not moving forward because you, the people around you aren't on the same page. And so it's it's really important that we really do bring the right people to the space at the right time. Because actually, people talk to me all the time about, you know, what is it about Hunter Collective? And, and I'm like, it's the people. It's our collective. It's the members. They, they're they the ones that are pushing each other. It's it's really inspiring and it's it's really wonderful to see. But it's it's purely organic. And, and uh, you know, you can cherry pick and you can put bits and pieces in to help along the way. But it's having those right people around at the right time that 
that make things work. So here you are now with this very successful company. I remember coming to a party just before um, everything all went terribly wrong. You were about to have a baby. There you were with your high heels on. Like, I thought you were ready to go to the room, ready to celebrate with your investors there in the room, as well as magazines and, you know, all, all of that. What's next? Obviously, things probably stalled for a minute. You're like, what happened, Jack? <laughs> yeah, what happened? What happened? So, yeah, so, so I'll, be, I'll be completely honest. As a woman in business, um, I found myself pregnant with my second baby. And, yeah, at that party um, last September, I think I was eight days away from my due date. Um, and, and, yeah, we had, a, we had this plan um, to open more locations across London and and I found myself pregnant which was amazing and also devastating at the same time because you had this goal for 2019 and all of a sudden this goal was going to be kind of sidetracked a little bit and and even though with my first child I launched Hunter Collective of maybe what was it five or six weeks after he was born there was this ambition level that I, I just I knew how hard it was going to be Yes. And so through 2019, I was, I, was, I was so split. Half of me was like, no, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going, I can do this, I can do it, I've done it before, I'm going to do it again, I'm going to reassure all my investors that I can do it, I'm going to tell everyone I can do it. And at the same time, I was growing a child. And, and then at that party, it was just incredible because the energy and the support and the encouragement that we got was phenomenal. It was one of the most, it was the highlights of, of Hunter Collective so far um and then I I had my baby and my life changed um dramatically but I'll share that with you another time and you were back to work pretty quick after the baby mm -hmm. because I was running a class not long after that and I think you popped in yeah I mean you've got this very American work ethic which is having a baby isn't going to stop you six weeks in you're back at work it's not a year off you are you you can have it all as you said earlier I think I think you have to be really careful when you put things out there in that way because I think that um, when when people look at perhaps like what I'm doing with Hunter Collective, they don't actually see like what goes into that. So they don't see the amount of support that I have from my family. Yes, they don't see my husband backing me every step of the way. They don't see you know you putting your child into childcare at a very early time you know like the sacrifices that you make because they're my choices and I have got a very driven determined side to me but I think um I think it's very important that you have to also let things happen at the right time and so for right. me with child number one yes I was very American about it absolutely but with child number two I actually wasn't I didn't have that much of a choice but when you um when you uh perhaps saw me it's really amazing because I found that Hunter Collective and the members and the business and building the business was actually a huge support to me because it took me away from the recovery of, of the second baby and actually gave me a really strong focus. So whenever people ask me about HC or returning to work after having children or having a big career break or things like that, it's, it can be so intimidating and so overwhelming. And, and I have to really take a step back and remember that I felt all that intimidation. I, I felt that fear. I felt that pain. And actually, 
the the business itself and the belief in the business was what got me through it and others will have other things but when you come yes I mean I'm not going to negate anyone for whether they come back straight away or whether they they take their year or whatever they need to do it just it just felt to me very it felt to me very American and that's probably my sort of 17 years there working with women who got back and also the struggles don't change because childcare and tiredness and all of that stuff is still there whether you whether you do or you don't mm. but obviously if the support network's there it's easy I think I think that I think it's how you channel so I you know yeah. I think that I spent a long time being intimidated by things and felt quite paralyzed by them and then I had some business coaching and I had some personal coaching through that you know five-year journey of hunting so far at certain times where I needed it and I also built a group of people around me a very strong people, women, individuals, um, who I could rely on, who I, if I was having a bad day or I felt fractured in some way that I was maybe like getting too big for my boots or, you know, a bit silly and, oh, we shouldn't be doing this and you maybe you should be directing your attention to other places. Actually, I could call them and say, oh, I've hit a bit of a wall here, guys. And, and they would come back to me and say, no, keep going, keep going, push harder, push harder. So I think... I think that's that's uh, definitely something that I've relied on in the last five years. But I think um, when you, I think I could have spent a lot more time feeling like quite down about the fact that we haven't opened more locations as we predicted we would in September last year. Um, but actually, when I take into consideration things that have happened within that time period, I'm incredibly proud of the fact that we're still here, we're still fighting and and we still have so many choices and exciting things to come. And as I said, everything that we've done through HC has had its own timing. And even though some things are, I've pushed and pushed and pushed, they haven't evolved and they haven't happened. And actually now you'll look back and say it wasn't the right time. Yes, I agree. I think people only see the shiny outside mm. and very few people see the nitty gritty, do they? You know, the, the day to days and the hopes and the dreams that don't come true. And for some time, for some reasons, it's good that they didn't. Oh, 100%. And actually, you know, could I have sustained two or three locations with two children under three? Maybe. Would would my, you know, my home life have taken that? Maybe. I mean, it's, it's, it's so, um, you have, I, I do so much on my gut instinct and I felt so demoralised and devastated that, we hadn't achieved what we'd promised our investors we would achieve. We hadn't achieved right. what I promised individuals that were coming in the pipeline that never actually evolved. And it's really important that um, I, I, it's only been me. I, I've been the one that's felt that way. Actually, every, everyone that I've spoken to so far in the evolution of HC is just like, are you crazy? Like, look at what's happened in the last 12 months. Like, Well, I was... About to say that to you, I'm like, it's actually a global pandemic where Mm. everything has stopped and everyone's been devastated by it in some way. It's it's impacted all of us, hasn't it? So, you know, I mean, I I think that out of this come more opportunities. Yeah, and I think think for me, like, I I have to be very um, cautious in the way that I approach things. So, yes... Right now, it feels like there's a world of opportunity out there. But on the flip side, there's also a world of devastation that's been left behind. Yeah. 
So I'm very aware, I'm acutely aware of um, the sacrifices and the lifestyles that are being affected by this pandemic. Um, I feel very, very fortunate that um, I have been affected as we all have, but I'm still able to sit here and do a podcast recording with you. Um, And I still have, you know, a positive outlook on things because there are many people that just don't have that luxury. So I think that I'm, I am still very driven and focused, but I am incredibly socially aware of what's going on. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that I am very fortunate that I can do this with you on my day off and, and that I can still do all those things. And, but some people are really struggling and some people have been surrounded by death and, you know, loss and all those awful things. Um, so I think that you can still be driven and still be aware of what's going on in the world. And I don't think that makes you with a huge ego. I just think that makes you human. Yeah, and, and you know, like, it's it's still, um, it's it's to be consciously aware of it and then yeah. and then to move forward and then to say, right, well, the opportunities that we're creating um, or the opportunities that we see, um, you know, they're, they're from a good place and they're, we're ready to do them and, and they're right time for us. And so um, it's, it's not going to be an overnight thing. There's still going to be a lot of hard work, a lot of conversations, a lot of convincing. Um, you know, it's, it's a very different time to what it was in 2019. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you got this far... You should just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just talk a bit about America. Okay. In there. Let's just talk a bit about it. You know what? I mean, I love America anyway, but you ju- I just feel like maybe that's one of the reasons I really connected with you. You just, you are go-get. Um, the vision and what you've created feels more American than it does English. You, have, you are a disruptor, whether you like it or not, you are mm. a disruptor and people can like that or not. And I think that sometimes is where they, uh, the sort of the, the don't do it is usually from the people that don't want things to change. And you certainly did. Do you think it, American influences came in onto you? Yeah, hugely, uh, hugely. I've, I've always been inspired by the American dream and um, loved the, the work ethic that they have out there. Um, we, as a family, spent, uh, my husband and I spent, time in the states um he lived out there for a bit so so yeah I've always been heavily influenced by New York and that kind of like grit and determination and and I I love the fact that whenever I'm in New York it gives me oxygen I just I feel better I feel more motivated I feel better about everything I feel more aggressive like and that's not me as a person but that's the New Yorker in me is very aggressive and and I think that you know I just I just love that and I think that there's no there's no apology there's no, uh, no, there's, there's just what it felt right. So I'm going to do it. And, and I think that, you know, so much thought and love goes into everything that we do in Hunter Collective and it's so, um, detailed, but yes, there's a huge amount of risk and there's a huge amount of potential. Oh, I don't think of the right word. Um, disruption, but I just felt that the New Yorker in me could do it. And, and again, this is not about me. Their disruption comes from the community. If, if people didn't believe in it, we wouldn't still be standing three years later. No, so, absolutely. So, you know, that's where taking yourself out of it and just creating that vision and that, that idea um, 
is what was so important about the collective. And that definitely came from my American influences. You know how much I love the States. So we share that. We share that. I don't think disruptor is a negative. I don't think it is at all. I think every, every industry needs disrupting every so often. But my American friends compared to my English friends, my English friends will always give me 10 reasons why not to do something. <laughs> my American friends will always give me, let's make it happen. And yeah. they might turn around and say, we can't do it that way. But if we do it this way, and they give me the pluses and the go-gets. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I enjoy about my conversation with you and what I get from you is, well, if it doesn't work this way, we'll find a solution rather than just giving 10 reasons why we can't do it. There was one word that I found. So I went out to the States before we launched Hunter Collective to do my more research because I knew that these work environments were happening in the States and I knew that you could be self-employed in the States from day one and there was a whole different energy around being a hairdresser in America. And so we went out there, we did our research out there and the one word that I came home with that I didn't really understand at the time that I actually really love now is pivot. And we pivot all the time. And I think that, you know, um, you have to pivot. And, And I think that that word maybe wasn't really around in the UK five years ago too much and now um, we can see that the industry is actually pivoting all the time and we can see the evolution that's happening in the industry and it's it's actually now really exciting to to see what's happening in the UK hair industry but I felt that five years ago I had to go I had to go away and I had to really allow myself to think bigger Um, and also with with bigger with America everything's tripled, quadruple, enormous. And so that was really helpful too, because over here I'd seen businesses grow and that was really inspiring. But in America, I'd seen them conquer and explode. And I think that, you know, it's it's a whole different mindset. And one of the things that, you know, uh, people have said to me in the past is that you will only limit your own expectations. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm being realistic. I'm keeping the lights on. I support people's livelihoods. I, you know, like I'm, hello, like this is real life. Like don't tell me to dream bigger. But actually um, one of the things that came out of the States was, and the ongoing conversations that I've had um, since then with a more global outlook um, has been, don't, don't back down, keep moving forward. Just bigger, bigger, harder, harder. And I think, um, I think it can be overwhelming at times, but when you take what you want from it and bring it back to you, then, then yeah, of course you can be inspired by that. That's brilliant. I, the really eloquent ending to <laughs> the conversation today. I want to thank you so much for joining us and talking about your story. And oh, I'd like to thank you also for what you've done in the oh, industry. Thank you Jack, that's really, really fun of you. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I can't wait to share the new Hunter Collectives that are coming your way. So I will update you when they start arriving. I can't wait for you to share that with us all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favourite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Colour, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Colour, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolour.com. Thank you.